So read talk about this goose game because I have no I know nothing about this. Um, so like several years ago at this point now, someone put out a trailer for a game that you play as a slightly malevolent goose, where you just wreak havoc upon your community as a goose. And uh the game is out now, and you can be a horrible, horrible goose, and I'm very excited to play it. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think it was any more complicated than that, but no, that it's you... not. I just, okay. I love that there's a horrible goose game that exists for us all, so that we can really, truly... We can all be the goose that we all want to be. So that we can all be the goose that we need to be to cope with the fact that we live in 2019. <laughs> That's fair. What a What a good year for that kind of game to come out. Right? Like, what a year that we just need, like, the chance to be rowdy, <laughs> mean geese. Apparently, though, I saw some people being nice, like, nice, like, in the game. Who wants to be a nice goose? That's, like, extremely OC for a goose. <laughs> OC, please no flames. Please no <laughs> flames. Here is my fanfiction where the goose is a Mary Sue. <laughs> I don't think people write that on their fanfiction anymore. Am I wrong? I, I don't think so. Um. I do want, I hope that this leads to people, like, drawing their goose sonas. That's, that's a very likely outcome, and one that I fully, um, I, I, I welcome it with open arms. Yes. Bring yes. on the goose sonas. <laughs> well, thank you for explaining that to me, because I had no idea. I was just like, oh, this must be a new game. Can I buy this game on Steam, is the question. The Terrible Goose Game listed on Starfronts' Untitled Goose Game is available on Nintendo Switch Marketplace and PC and Mac on the Epic Game Store. Some exclusions may apply. See Starfronts for details. And I think it even works for Mac, which I'm very excited about because I can only play, like, four games on my computer. <clears throat> That's fair. I was trying to run... I've been trying... I've, I tried to run a game I downloaded on Steam uh, on my Mac previously, but it was like, hey, don't do this. You're not allowed to have fun. <laughs> No fun. No fun. So your computer's older than five years. You can't have any fun anymore. Okay, well, thanks for explaining that to me. I think probably we should get to it. Yeah, we should probably we should probably talk about some comics. Yeah. It's been a it's been a while since we've talked about some comics. It's been a while. Welcome to The Young Ones, a podcast all about team superhero, teen superhero teams, and why we love them. My name is Charlie, and I use they, them pronouns. And I'm Reed, and I use they, them pronouns. It's, non it's a they, them, non-binary squad. We are, we are a they. <laughs> we are they tonight. Um, Mikey is absent. He could not join us for the, this is not really inaugural, because it's not the first one. <laughs> no, we're, but we we're are, just doing some, some yeah. Hawks takes. Yeah, we are doing some Hawks takes. That's very clever, and I enjoy it. Thank you. Um, no problem. It did problem. not take me way too long to come up with that I at like all. It. Okay. That's, I'm just going to use that as a hashtag whenever I talk about 
something something slightly inflammatory about it. <laughs> um, but we have been all over the place um the last for the last um I don't know six months. Yeah, I moved across the country. Mikey moved. It very everyone was in various states of moving, readjusting, starting brand new things, figuring things out. Um, yeah, so we had a little we had a filler content when this whole um pox pox train started. Um, the last episode we had had some friends had some friends over, and uh, we, we talked we talked about House of X number one. I like the idea of you had everyone over for like a charcuterie board. <laughs> yes, yeah, we had some charcuterie, and uh, we. Or as I like to call it, charcuterie, which isn't correct, but I like it. I, I don't care. Language pre- is evolving constantly, forever. Yes, and if I want to call it um, charcuterie, then that's just what I'm going to call it. Um, but I agree. That Ten that seems delightful. Yeah, cheeses and meats, and sometimes sometimes olives. And pickles. Ooh, and, yeah, yeah and pickles are like choice in a in a good cheese board. I don't want to go off topic before we even start, but do you like sweet pickles? No. Okay. I think I'm no. the only person in the world who likes sweet pickles. That's so okay. You can have them all. <laughs> I don't trust the sweet pickle. Sweet pickles are like the easiest ones to make, though. Like if you're just gonna make pickles, because yeah. like, they stay they stay crunchy. Like you don't have to like balance the, the the delicate dance that is a dill pickle. Apparently. Yeah, I mean, like that. Okay, I'm gonna get on a big diversion here, but that is the one thing that I don't love about the it's alive with brad videos is that there is actually no written recipe for you to refer back to later fair fair i i i understand the serotonin that brad gives me is so much better than any recipe exactly sometimes i'll just i'll just pick my favorite one of those videos and i'll put it on i'll fall asleep to it it's like thank you brad like you are somehow chaotic but also um very soothing at the same time and that is a Mix you just usually don't get from people. Yeah. 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 But, okay, good. Well, good. Now that we got that off our chests. Um, These questions that we're getting in are are quite a range. (laughs) (laughs) I do love our friends. I do do love our friends, but... I'm going to just bump this to the Exploin Discord as well. That's very fair. Um, This is hot coming in live. Um, But we have now... um, somehow uh i don't know like rocketed past the month of august and september at this point um to the point that there are only three more issues of house of x and powers of 10 left which is kind of nuts but i'm gonna defer to you reed when i ask oh no um just in general how you feeling about all this (laughs) You know, here's the thing. I fucking love it. Um, because I have wanted so long for the X-Line to have, like, a consistency and a point to it and just a a narrative that, like, is going to have meaning. And if that means that I have to have Hickman on a book, then, like, I'll take it. Like, I'll lick those boots, I guess. Um, (laughs) I feel like that's how the majority of the X-Men are feeling right now, too. Yeah, yeah. And like, I, what I also enjoy about it, and this is the thing that, um, I was talking in my local comic shop about this a couple, almost a month ago now, um, 
But, like, some people really can't stand the, uh... The way that Hickman does sort of, uh... Like, paratextual materials and... Charts. Like, the, the charts and the, the language notes and the files. But I love that shit. I think that is the coolest fucking stuff. Um, like, I make stuff like that all the time for RPGs that I play. And so, like, it's... Well, and I think you've... I'm I think you've, it up. Yeah, I think you've hit on a part about that that is really important, is that it's not there to be, like, to intrude on your comic book reading experience. Because now at the point we are now and will continue to be at it is ground like like world building from a base standpoint mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's not there because i mean it probably is there because hickman likes to do shit like that but it has a meaning it's there because they are the fundamentals of what you need when you build a world like yeah, anybody who writes fiction can tell you that yeah, there's something about, like, seeing, like, files from, what is it, Orcus, that, like, it drives home something that I think is often hard to articulate, um, and, like, creates this immersive experience for the reader, and I think helps the reader fall into the age the age of x but it's like the house of x i'm sorry that's that's the word that hickman is using here um like i think it's it's fun it's just fun like and i understand that for some people it's not fun and that it's distracting and especially with the language like sure but it's fun like i think it's very fun yeah i think you have to you had to have walked into it with some sort of knowledge that this was going, like, what this is going to be. Um, and that this is going to be a part of it. Just because you knew who was doing the books. Like, yeah. Hickman's not suddenly going to flip his old, his old script just because he's writing an X-Men book. Yeah. Like, if anything, they came to him because they knew he would provide this sort of thing. So, it's like, you know, I, I don't have a problem with it, but but... I think the art is to the caliber that, like, I really don't think you're missing anything. If you God, the it. art. Right? Right? Like, I've been on... for so long to like looking at an X-Men book. I know. It's, um, especially with the, especially with those issues of Uncanny right before this. I mean, it really was, um, that it really was, was a so whole horrible. lot. Yeah. Like, that was just horrendous art. Um, it really was a whole lot um to digest, and I'm gonna talk about that specifically in a little bit. But I think that some people like to call this like very clean style, like some sort of d- weird Disney influence in the art because they don't understand how art works. But no, I, I mean, it's just like it is. It takes everything to a next level. Like, it's not about, like, how clean the lines are. It's about, like, how good these people are at the craft that they do. I I also think that the, the thing is, is that this style of art, like, the art that, um, Loraz and Sylvia, or Silva? Silva, yeah. Silva, yeah. The art that Loraz and Silva are, are doing is so much more of a natural movement from, like, X-Men Red. As yeah. opposed to 
the art that was in Uncanny, which felt like looking at someone tracing Greg Land. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even Greg Land could have done a better job. Um, yeah, I, Greg Land could have done a better job, but at what cost? At what cost? We may, we find ourselves asking that often. Um, uh, but it's, um, I've, I've really loved Pepillaraz's art for a really long time now. Mm-hmm. It's, like, I saw, like, honestly, we're going to encounter some Pepe Larraz art at the end of Wolverine and the X-Men. Yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, always some of my favorite stuff from that book. Um, And I was like, who is this guy? Because I was, like, reading that as it was coming out, like, in floppies at the very tail end of the run. Um, And I was like, what is this? I like this. Um, But... Just to watch his art, like, level up once a colorist who kind of knows what is going on, like, comes into everything. Like, and the consistency across both books, even though it's not the same artist. Like, it's something we haven't we seen in a really long time. have to, I think the thing that really, like, not only individually brings these issues to a whole nother level, but also creates a consistency within the two books is... Garcia's colors. Oh, uh, Marta Garcia's colors are like he he shared a PDF like of his not PDF a, like a like a PSD file his mm-hmm. Photoshop file with the layers there um of one of the pages and I like downloaded it and I opened it up in Photoshop and I'm like this is crazy <laughs> yeah like, like just mind blowing yeah um it's it's honestly it's really a kind of a like a Stuart Eminem like situation like I don't think I've seen art that I like this much probably it was probably back in all new like yeah. like when Eminem was doing all new like yeah. it, it's just so visually appealing and like there are definitely there's definitely room for like obviously stylistic like choices and art and things but I, I really think this needed a consistent clean like art style to set the tone i don't even know if we should because i think that that you're getting at sort of a a criticism and a a line that you know it's that they're too clean and that they're like disney pictures or whatever but there's a difference between cleanliness and graphic and i think that these are graphic like there is a complete understanding of the way that design illustration and color come into play for the reader and that's what it is is that it's good graphic design yeah and hickman was a graphic designer at some point yeah yeah uh so it's i'm i'm every time we read we read books the read the books on of the week um i always am like I wonder how Reed thought about this. I'm really glad I get to talk to you about it because we share we share a lot, but then also it's kind of like, well, I'm not sure how Reed felt also, about this. <laughs> I also feel like I have been so busy that I have not been like engaging with like the community in a way that I have previously with weekly comics. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to sit down and talk about this because this will be the first time that I really like put a lot of words to my reaction. Yeah, I was, I, I, I've seen obviously, like, I'm, I'm engaged because like, well, part of it's my job, but like also part of it's like just uh, being embroiled in the community. 
but I like you always see the outliers on the end, but this has been bringing in so many new people. Like maybe mm-hmm. they're not new, maybe they've left and now come back again. Yeah. But the and they like to make this, they always make this like comparison. But I have to imagine this is probably what it was like when Morrison wrote New X-Men. Like people that had been gone came back and people mm-hmm. that didn't people that had been here for a while and didn't like it left. You know, we are witnessing yeah. a sim- a very similar moment in time. Yeah, it's a it's a seismic shift. Yeah. Which is funny because usually when they say that it doesn't actually mean that, but no, it does. Hold um on. I have a cat that's chewing on a lot of plastic and please stop. Jojo, no. Jojo, stop. This just stop. You're very cute. I love you so much. But please, I'm trying to make a podcast. <laughs> Shit, sorry. Uh no, you're so, fine. Yeah, I mean I think that and I, I have said this, I don't know if I've said it on this podcast or if I've said it in some other conversation with you, but it really, I think it really just has to do with the fact that there is a consistency and a, a much longer plan than the line has had in a really, really long time. Yes. And like, I just kind of, uh, I don't know, I'm... Because the thing is, is that so many X fans get into it because it's soapy and because there are, there's just so much drama on so many different textual levels. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of been missing. And then I think there's the additional level of no one has, like, if you walked away from the X line at any point within the last, like, six years and tried to come back, it would have just been too confusing. Yeah. And so now it's a really solid re-entry point. Yeah, and, like, I can give, like, I can give our friend Casey these issues, and be like, here, Mm -hmm. this is where you probably need to start. Like, if you want to start, like, this is probably where you need to do it. Um, And, of course, it raises questions, but I don't think so many as, like, can't be answered, like, easily. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes I read the issues and then after I'm finished reading the issue, I'm like, I don't know if I like that. (laughs) Like, that's kind of like how my brain works. And then like, then I have to go read it a second time. And I usually read it a second time, like right after the first. So they're like, Mm -hmm. no, 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 no. And then I go back and I read it again. And like, actually, I love this. Like, it. It's weird. It's a very weird experience because reading it for the first time is like, this is so much different than what I'm used to reading. And then Mm -hmm. I got to read it again and recontextualize it. I think this is a series that really, really benefits from having so much like exploration done about the text afterward. Because like it helps you not necessarily helps you form your own, like an opinion like that fits in with everyone else's, but like, it kind of puts things in a context that maybe you wouldn't get if you were just like reading the books and then moving on from there. I think the other thing is that like the, there or maybe there are two things. One, I, there is something about engaging with the physical book that makes me 
read the comic a little differently or see things that I missed when I was reading the digital, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. Um, which the only place where I felt like it was actually weakened was the the Moira timelines. Like I wish that that had been a holding out thing. Yeah, why did how we drop the ball on that one, guys? Yeah, oh, pro- probably putting out 12, 12 issues of a comic in twelve weeks back to back. I mean, yeah, that probably that, <laughs> but come on. But then, sort of, the thing with it too is that because it's one book that is two, it. What I'm enjoying is the way that both House and Power sort of touch base with the other, the other, the quote-unquote other book. Mm-hmm. Um, because we were talking about this at my shop, um, where apparently people have been buying House more than they've been buying Powers. And, you know, um, my friend Elle works at the shop and she was, you know, it was me and Sam and Elle talking about it, and I don't remember who said this, but, you know, someone brought up, oh, well, you know, it's the, oh, it's like the X-Men in-house, but it's not. Like, they all, if I recall, they all fucking die in an issue of Powers, so yeah, it's, it's not. Yeah. It, it, it spans across time. And like it is one series, like it's it's mm-hmm. two books that are one yeah. series, and I don't think we'll get we and you won't have the whole picture, and we wouldn't have had the two series if there wasn't a proper reason for the future timelines to exist. So, one, I don't think we're done seeing it, and two, I think it is really like. You can't just pick up one and, like, be like, this is a complete story. I'm enjoying myself. Like, that's, no. Like, like there are things that happen in the other, and so I'm not sure why anyone would be like, I'll just buy this one six yeah, issue miniseries. Yeah, I have no series. idea. Like, that's the other so thing that I've noticed crazy. in, like, I think I'm going to have to do this with some of the Dawn of X titles, but if I've ordered a variant it is way more likely that that makes it into my poll because there are just so many people trying to get these comics. Which is great. Which like, is really, really rad. That's really great. Like, it is, like, and I desperately, desperately hope that it continues into the Dawn of X titles. Me too. Because if people rally around the fact that these books have, like, extremely diverse casts, like... Like, and let's just say really quickly how mind-blowing it is that somebody finally has a way to make mutants that never mattered matter. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's so crazy. <laughs> like, why did it take so long to think about this? <laughs> like, instead of I mean, making... I mean- new ones just use the ones that already are there and and do something interesting with them i think that part of it is like gets back to the one of my earlier points where like the the line has just been so like a revolving door for so long that it's you know the only time minor quote-unquote minor x-men get back is to be fucking murdered which is some bullshit um and isn't that like kind of 
something that's really beautiful about this story where it's the mutants that we are kind of always afraid of getting forgotten or super murdered or did in some cases get super murdered are now the people who are bringing back dead x-men yeah yeah there's certain there is certainly a cyclical like like beauty to it it is and it's definitely intentional and it's you know this kind of just really opens up the doors to telling different kinds of stories like within the x-men community well that's why i'm so hyped for dawn of x because it looks like each book has its own specific vibe yeah and i'm i'm still like super super excited about it and like that like i think that excitement has only like ramped up since and for other books that i didn't maybe anticipate thinking i would like as much like with the events of house of x number five like i totally understand why we need a book about the people on the fringes now Mm -hmm. like people that maybe don't fit the ideal mold of what this is and yeah that's super interesting well i've been waiting for a book about non-main x-men pretty much since mags's dazzler single issue the full title of it was Dazzler Last Song, which came out a few years ago at this point, but was just so interesting because Max Asagio set out to write a book that was about X-Men who didn't want to be X-Men TM. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think that that's just... It's so much more interesting. And, you know, I guess people are gonna... Like, I don't fucking love that Disney owns everything, but it is sort of this weird microcosm of the Disney power realm where they can have, because they own everything, they can have, like, the children's channel, the, like, FX channel where things are really fucking weird and grimdark, or, you know, the superhero movies. Like, you can get that whole realm and, like, meet people where they're at. You can play with the toys in different ways. Yeah. And, um, it's... Like, and just the staggering thought of, like, now every ex-person that ever died can now come back to the table. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Like, in a way that is, like, you don't have to ask anymore when you see someone new pop up that hasn't been around for a while. You don't have to be like, well, that doesn't make sense. How did they come back? Because we know. That, but also, like, what's interesting about it is that it it's also... Because I was going to say br- brought back in a way that isn't rife with evil, but actually. Um, excuse me. But actually. <laughs> actually, there are a lot, a lot to, there's a lot to say about the fact that people may be being brought back from the dead um, without their consent. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, but I do always love new avenues to explore the ways in which Xavier is shitty. Exactly. Which, I mean. Let me just say that there's some discourse TM going on about the last issue. Oh, please um, fill me in because I don't okay, look so at the internet anymore. That's fine, Reed, and you shouldn't. Like, just let, I'm just going to be the, not the first person to tell you, uh, great job, you shouldn't be looking <laughs> at the internet. Um, let me look at it for you. Um, Eat my eyes. <laughs> that's, what, that's what friends do. Um, but... Okay, I'll ask you this first question. 
because it's across the board different from person to person. How did you feel about that mutant ceremony, the, the mutant ceremony in issue number five? Oh, it definitely had a very weird vibe to it. Like, it definitely wasn't something, like, I fucking ate it up and loved it, but it was, it had a vibe okay. that, um, I don't know, don't know if I like it, mm-hmm. but it also, like, I think the thing that I liked the least about it was that everyone was fucking naked. Yeah, that's, um, um that was certainly but, a thing. You know, that is a very, I come out of the Western tradition where we see nudity as, like, wrong and weird. Um, I can also see, like, the potential... Sorry, I have pulled out the issue and I'm looking at, the like, the panel. You're now looking at the nude people. Well, uh, yeah, I'm looking at the... I'm looking at nude Monet and I feel very gay. Um, Mm -hmm. Are you looking at nude um, Logan touching Scott's back? Fellas, is it gay to tenderly pick your best friend up off the ground after you have been reincarnated and are also nude and covered in hot goop? Um, I think that's the definition of gay, but thanks. (laughs) (laughs) But, okay, so I I can see there's possible potential for discourse in the actual body language of the crowd crying mutant. Yes. Um... But also, like, the, that's the thing, is that there's some sort of new, there is a culture being built, and a culture that is not defined out of marginality, which I think is interesting. Um, and, like, I, I think it's neat. I, I don't necessarily have any, like, distinctive, this is problematic TM, Yeah. so much as... <laughs> <laughs> it's I think the problem comes from the fact that I have ethical questions about reincarnating people. Yeah. I mean, I also have ethical questions about reincarnating people, um some of which the text does address. Um like you have to make super 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 sure someone's actually dead before you re- <laughs> reincarnate them. Because you know, have- you can't just have a t- you can't have two running around. Oh, that might be something someone wants to explore in a uh, story at some point okay i have also questions about the mechanics of scott and um like art because the shell is just a shell and so i have questions about where that impacts then the the rhetoric of scott being unable to control his powers because he has a traumatic brain injury mm-hmm. and so like that raises questions for me of like what happens if a mutant like forge is killed and reincarnated like does he now have a leg that he didn't have before because he's an amputee like stuff like that yeah is complicated for me um but that again doesn't get at the ceremony it's about the the literal idea that it's about the implications yes um, you know, I do, I do think that obviously these questions are baked into like that's supposed something we're supposed to be thinking about. Um, and obviously the aspect of like distrusting this because like everything in your body kind of tells you to, 
Um, oh yeah, like everything about this, just every single thing about anything Xavier has done is like yeah. setting off every single. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I mean, I think I'd have less of a, like my hackles wouldn't be raised as much if it were anyone other than Charles Xavier doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Like if yeah. it were Scott, I don't think I'd have a problem. I think if it were Scott, I would have problems. If it were Gene, I would have problems. If it were Logan, I would have problems. Because these are all people who, like, cloning have... Yes. ...very, very negatively impacted their lives. Um, if it were Apocalypse, I wouldn't necessarily have problems so much as, like, this would be expected. Yeah. This this was the obvious outcome. Yes. Same with Sinister. Um, I think the only person that, like, I would genuinely be surprised and, like, afraid in a way that is different and distinct from the way that I'm kind of like, oh, Xavier is doing this, like, of course Xavier is doing this, would be if it was, like, Nightcrawler. <laughs> True. <laughs> or Storm. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, like, it's, the like, it's, it's, a, it's, a, <laughs> it's kind of hard for me to talk about this because it's, like, I, I did have a very, fairly negative reaction to it the first time I read it. Okay. Um, Walk me because it. it, because it jarred me so much. Because these are all people with very distinctive personalities. Thinking at, seemingly thinking as like one group collective. And it, one, I don't think there's much, there there's been, hasn't been, we've gotten glimpses of it. Like, issue number four was a really good showcase of everyone's personalities, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Give or take Gene, depending on what you want to say about that. I don't know. But, so, the idea that everybody's now subsumed in this, like, thing, no matter what it is, and nobody's speaking out against it. I think also it's because I've spent so much time with a Scott that basically wanted to throw two fingers up in Xavier's face. Yeah, yeah. That it really... the absence of something like that really threw me off and i was like well what's going on here and then i was like oh clearly this is wrong like i'm supposed to know this is wrong this isn't something that's good we we as a collective group reading this should know that and then the more i thought about it i'm like that's not what's going on here like we're not supposed to think this is maybe we're supposed to think it's weird and maybe there's reasons for that but I don't think we're all supposed to be like, mm, sorry, this ain't it, Chief. Um, well, so I guess I'm wondering, first of all, there's something about the, the, the element of groupthink that is now making me think again back to the way that they're pulling the phalanx into this. Yes. And I think that's intentional. Yeah. And like... Yeah, because I'm also now, like, curious about the fact that Xavier is walking around with a cerebro... Is it... What are they calling it now? Cerebro? Cerebro Cerebro now, I guess. I don't... Um, And how that'll play into the... The rising of the... It's not the Technarch, but, like, the... The techno-organic machines and, like... Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh... Oh, God. What if that Xavier already is a machine? All things to think about. (laughs) 
Um, All things. I I love coming to realizations live on air. (laughs) Yeah, like, it's just, that's the thing is, like, I, I, and the other thing that I wanted to touch on was the point that you raised about Scott, because for so long, Scott has literally kind of been like, fuck you, like, Xavier, you're kind of a piece of garbage. Yeah. Let me kill you. (laughs) Um, It was a accident. (laughs) Also, if you it's caught the—it's an accident the, in the way that second-degree murder is an accident. <laughs> if you if um, you caught if you caught the callback to AVX, <laughs> did you catch the callback to AVX? And, no, and, I don't think I did. Um, when Xavier's leaning down to um, uh, look like look at Scott when he's obscured in like the fog, like yeah. or the um, it's a direct callback to Scott looking down at Xavier in AVX after he killed him. Oh, you're right. You're fucking right. Yep. Oh man, now, hold on. Hold on, I got the issue. I gotta look at it now. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. 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 (laughs) That's it. That's it, right? Yeah. Mm. 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 Yeah. Sorry, every time I see that page from AVX, I just think of a meme that I saw that where someone, like, photoshopped it to have Xavier saying so much for the tolerant left. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's good. It's a good meme. It's good. But, uh, yeah. And, And that's the thing is, we don't see how Scott goes from not trusting Xavier to trusting Xavier. And so I I hope that that comes back around. Yeah, we don't know how anybody got to this point. Like Yeah. And I I would like to see it because I think obviously if we did see it then we could be like, "Oh yeah, that's well, That's fine." Is wondering if it's just the very easy answer of we're in a different Moira timeline. That's also like cuz I had my friend read it, like read the issue. And he was like, so this has got to be an AU, right? It's <laughs> like, I think at the very least, the timeline is going to be reset agreed. by the end of this series. I do. I honestly think that Dawn of X takes place in life 11. Like if we're truly in life 10 right now, like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. The life that just started when they woke her up. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. So um, who knows? Um, we've got a couple things to do, but like also like my my reaction to the like oh this is how we all are now like or like the concept of like the group really creepy group thing and like not having an outlier besides Mystique let's not forget Mystique who doesn't seem to be down with the sickness as it were um uh, sorry just came to me so I had to say no it. no um my. My uh, mother-in-law, I guess, when she used to work in casinos and was really pissed off, she would blast Disturbed from her truck and, like, set off car alarms in the garage. Oh, my God. And so I'm just thinking of Mystique doing that, like, pulling out from Krakoa in her, like, big fuck-off dyke truck. <laughs> oh, well, um, but Mystique seems, like, iffy about the whole thing. Um, definitely was doing some, definitely was doing something suspicious, um, on that space station. 
Yeah, Mystique seemed a little suspicious, and I also appreciated that Lorna was also suspicious. Yeah, um, like, excuse me, what? Um, yeah, that's the kind of face Lorna had the entire time. Well, and Lorna's suspicion would be so interesting because she has had so much experience with, um, mind control. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see kind of where that goes. And, like, so it was, like, ill-timed, like, my first reaction to it was, like, ill-timed with the fact that, like, yeah, there's, there's, like, no rebellious figure in this, and I'm, like, I'm, like, I eat that shit up, like, I'm waiting for it. And, like, mm-hmm. also, I've been, like, steeped, I've been heavily steeped in wrestling this past <laughs> week. And I've been, like, it's all been about, like, uh, like watching, like, characters do heel turns and, like, all this stuff. And, like, two fingers to authority. And, like, I've been, like, soaking in it. And I was, like, man, when's someone just gonna roll up and be, like, hey, no. Like, John Cena voice, are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? And then he, then they do the the hand over the face, and he's not there anymore. Um, but I yeah. almost wonder if Apocalypse is going to be that character. Uh would be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. If yeah, only because also... he's showing up in what is it, Excalibur? Yeah, like I'm, yeah. I'm curious to see how that enfolds itself. There's also something to say about the fact that one of your greatest enemies who's committed a genocide or two has been like, I'm so proud of you all. Yeah. 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 I think if the ceremony doesn't bug you, that probably should. Yeah. Uh, Apocalypse is, um, should not be your barometer for success. Agreed. (laughs) Agreed. Unless like, but this also has been doing its job of framing Apocalypse differently as well. Yeah, so, and I feel like some of that has comes out of Age of X-Men and Tim Seeley's book. Yes. Which is like, I have mixed feelings about that book, but good good for them. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, another another point to all of this is how much both Age of X-Men, and I actually think about that, that uncanny run up to this is... Like, it was a roadmap to this place. Like, that we are here, but we're here. Especially, I think, Uncanny. Because if you didn't get set up and tired and sick of the death in that book, like, and now you have this. Like, this resurrection machine. Like, and the pages upon pages of, like, how many mutants have died. Like, if that doesn't give you all you need to support what's going on now, like, to buy it. Like, from, yeah. like, a very narrative standpoint, like, what else would you need? Yeah. It, yeah, I would agree there. Is yeah. That it, it's a very, it, it's, it's a bit, it's a, worse. <laughs> it is, at the very least, like, a very clear, direct consumer motivation to yes. go and be gung-ho for this book. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Matt wasn't wrong. Like, that was the last X-Men story. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it it comes, like, it came crashing down on me, like, a couple days ago. I was like, oh my god, that really was the last X-Men story about those things. End of a fucking era. Yeah. So... Good job, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 sure, sure. You know, <laughs> sure. Um, 
but I'm glad I I'm glad I'm glad we're both on the same page about it. But I I do think if you have reservations about it, um, one you're not wrong, and two if you're decide you want to tell people that they're somehow a bigot because they don't like the direction the X-Men book is going, maybe you shouldn't do that. Unless you're one of those people that are like, oh, the humans, or unless you're a human sympathizer, in which case, fuck off. <laughs> unless you're an Avenger. Yeah. Well, and also, here's the thing I was also thinking about, because we also associate, like, radicalized groups with violence, which we probably shouldn't. Um, unless they're like obviously white supremacists, um, or any other thing like that. Um, but we like a, like radicalized, marginalized groups, right? Mm-hmm. Like people are bred to think about them in That's a very dangerous. yeah dangerous yeah. light. But they haven't really done anything wrong. Like they haven't been actively violent towards anybody except for the people who were directly trying to kill them yeah in yeah. which they weren't actually going there to destroy the space station like they weren't actually going there to kill people they were going there to destroy motherbold and then everyone else just got in the way yeah it's it's complicated it's complicated and i it's times like this that i wish that i like gave more of a shit about other marvel properties Because it would be curious to sort of see if, like, in an Avengers book, like, someone from S.H.I.E.L.D., like, was talking about this, but I don't think that that's the case. Yeah. Orcus seemed like a rather clandestine group. Yeah. And of which the underpinnings were at least partially made up of a Nazi organization. And, (laughs) um, you know... Everything going on in that space station, like, obviously, you have people who are, quote-unquote, doing their job, um, but you also have that, like, really good line from Omega Sentinel, where Nightcrawler's, like, choosing sides, are we? And she's like, no, it was all of you that did that. Yeah, I mean... It's a, it's a lot to think about. It's just a lot to think about. And interesting that they, they've chosen Omega Sentinel to be... A central figure. Yeah, I'm also curious about, like, a mutant, like, Trianary and how they interact with this entire story. Oh, she's there. We saw her. Yeah, we saw her, but, like, I, like as things progress into more machine versus man, like... Yeah, that's very, that's very true, huh? Yeah. Um, also, I'm just scared that there's some hug on it make my boy not a mutant and he's not going to be allowed on the island. That boy is a mutant. I know he is. I know he is. Um, but I don't want anyone to get any weird ideas. <laughs> um, I only say that because like people were like, well, what about what about this? And I'm like, just stop. And then someone was like, yeah, they're probably just going to clean it up by saying they're all mutants. It's fine. I'm like, whatever. Yeah, like I think oh. I really really fucking hope like my 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 number one wishless item for the way that this hickman era wraps up is that the max muffins are mutants again right that would be like, that would be quite the uh switch that'd be quite the swerve as they say in wrestling um 
Sorry, I'm like embroiled in this. It's upsetting. No, 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 it's fine. It's great because it's such a refreshing, I have been embroiled in fucking theory. So it's so refreshing for someone to be like, here is some wrestling information. It's about people (laughs) pretending to beat each other up. True. Um, It's all about the kayfabe, okay? Um, It's... It's so funny because I was like, I was just, uh, I was just like comparing all of this like to different wrestling things last week. So I was like, oh, it's like the X-Men who are like, have been good guys for a really, really, like good, quote unquote, good guys for a really, really long time. And then all of a sudden they're doing like something when they're like, oh, like I'm pissed off and I'm not going to take it anymore kind of situation. And so it could be, it could be described as like them turning heel um or into bad guys but they have a lot of good motivation for that so it's like it's like a good wrestling story because like ideally when someone turns into a heel you want them to have a re- a good reason to do that um be like oh this is 100% justified so you can even get behind them still even though they're that way um, so I've, I've been just like kind of equating it to something like that my question is for you is about um do you think that the the sort of the line that hold on now i gotta look it up because sam asked me this question and i had a very sort of like clear-cut way of responding to it but i'm curious to know if you see it a different way The line of asking about what happens if you put a different mutant's, like, memory essence into a different shell. Mm-hmm. Like, what? What do you think's going on there? I think, um, I think somebody already knows the answer to that question. <laughs> but I also think that it is, I think that. We've definitely already seeded the seeds to how we get chimera chimeras yeah, in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In that was what I said. Powers yeah. of powers of ten. <laughs> yeah, like that's exactly what I was saying. It's like let's just jumble them all up in there. Um. So that's exactly what I was thinking. But also, like someone could just pull on that thread if they wanted to. Yeah. No, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking it had to do with the the sinister generations and yeah exactly that's that. exactly what i was thinking yeah okay cool yeah um so we're 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 on track with that one um but i i do have some questions that our lovely friend sent us in yeah let's let's get to friend questions okay i'm sure that they are not weird and are super normal <laughs> well depends on what your definition of normal is well, you know, it's relative, you know, right? It, it is all relative. <laughs> okay. So, uh, at Xavier Files on Twitter asks, fuck them humans? Yeah. Fuck them humans. Yeah. But yeah, don't for- fuck them. No. Unless that's what you're into. Unless you're, like, into that, but... Mm. Yeah. When you got a bunch of naked mutants running around on your island, I don't think it's necessary. Or if you're Doug Ramsey and your island can only talk to you. True. True. I'm just thinking about that picture. Yeah, uh, I, we'll have to see if we can um get 
Allison to let us reproduce that lovely commission in like a visual companion. Because, and yeah, uh, I'll, I will. I will definitely ask. It is the best postcard from Krakoa anyone could ever ask for. Extremely. Extremely. I will ask you a rather normal question, which is from at BC underscore Lee Comics asks us. Do you think Richter has some sort of special connection with Krakoa? After all, he can feel the earth and what happens in her. So should, so could he be able to, like, understand Krakoa? I think that's something we're definitely going to get into in Excalibur. <laughs> um, if you pay attention to Rick's powers or how they are explained in X-Factor Investigations to some extent, you know that he is empathic with the earth. Um, and I really like that. Like, I, I like the fact, like, yes, he has seismic power. Like, yes, seismic wave powers. Yes, he can make earthquakes. But being, like, a, like a geokinetic or, like, being something of that sort, like, a, a next elevation to his abilities, like, I think that's definitely part of it. And I think that might be where we're going in Excalibur. I think that there's, like, I definitely think that that's possible, but I would also be interested in what, narratively, that would look like if Richter couldn't have that, em like, that emotive connection with the land, but still have the seismic ability. Like, what would that sort of disconnect feel and look like, and how would that complicate Richter's whole deal? Yeah, um... And because Krakoa is a mutant island and not just Earth. Ooh, it raises like, some consent issues too, doesn't it? Yeah, and it raises, like, why would it raise, if if you can't feel the Earth if you're on Krakoa, why would you want to be there at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, yeah. No, I think these are very much things that Teeny Howard will have thought about. Yeah. Tony yeah, Howard, known Richter, sure known Richter super fan. So, um, yeah, these are definitely things that are going to be explored in the book. I don't know what mutant magic is, though. I'm very interested to find out what that is and what that means. Yeah, but ha but having magic. like a mat, having a magical like having like some sort of like fantasy magical cult like part of your culture is it's buck wild. <laughs> Either that or mutant magic is just a card game. That's true. It kind of sounds like one. Mutant magic, the gathering. <laughs> mutant magic, comma, the gathering. It's a colon. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, I'm going to pluck another one out of here. Well, uh, at LuzBianca417 asks, where's Maddie? Good question. I want to know. That's a real good question, especially given the uh, sinister gossip that we got. Yeah, that's definitely that was definitely there for a reason. Yep. I love our friend Dan, but he asked some strange questions. Do we want to just like run through Dan's like very fast, like speed round? Yes, let's let's just do that. Uh, do you want to take one tweet and I'll take the other? Uh, yes, I'll I'll take the first one. Okay, cool. Um, uh, at Dan the McMahon, our good friend Dan asks us, "Is Toad happy? Where no. he live? <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely not. Um, 
where what are his living arrangements? Some um, slimy underside of Krakoa. Yeah. Uh, sorry, this is a lot of toad slander, but you asked for it. Uh, where's Do? Fucking. Canonically, yes. Uh, also asked, what is Mojo doing? Running Not, a TV network? Running, running an empire where all his stars are, have now gone somewhere where he can't see them. I have to imagine. He's in the White House next. <sighs> Searing. Uh, also asks, when is, what is the crossover with Super Sons? Um, whatever you want. Just come on yeah. the podcast, Dan. Dan, send up a, a bat signal and, you know, you just let us know. And he also wants to know what, what the cafeteria is like. Which cafeteria? I'm assuming the cafeteria on Krakoa, but I'm thinking they're just going to grow some food so it's like farmer's market galore. It's just farm to table. Yeah, it's just... That Literally, the amazing. table is part of the farm. That sounds amazing. Okay. Um, yeah, go ahead with that other question there. All right. So, again, Dan the McMahon asks, actually moving past Hawksbox, does Galactus use any seasoning or does he just eat planets raw? I think he's a he's a raw person. I think he's part of the raw food movement movement actually. <laughs> Does Ghost Rider have to refuel his bike or is it powered by hell energy? <laughs> Definitely hell energy. Definitely the spirit of vengeance, but more specifically hell energy, which is something that exists and if you feel something weird or supernatural in the air, it's probably hell energy TM. And last question, what brand of coffee creamer does Tony Stark use? Does Tony drink his- I feel like he would drink his coffee black. How do you feel about that? Mm. See, here's the thing. I don't think Tony uses coffee creamer, but that's because I don't think Tony drinks brewed coffee. I think he drinks lattes. That's very fair. That's very, very, very fair. I think you're right. He he probably has one of those Nespresso machines. Yeah, he's got a robot that makes it. Like That's true. Yeah. And I'm going to ask one last question um, from our good friend at uh, Lynn Condescent on Twitter. With Krakoa being the status quo for the foreseeable future, how do you see the teen teams in upcoming books and stories? Will there be an academy on Krakoa or something entirely different? Will they sneak away to Earth? What does it mean to be a mutant youth now? Also, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for welcoming us Thanks, back. Thanks, Lynn. Thank you. <laughs> That's a good-ass question. Yeah, those are a lot of good questions. Um, it reminds me, the concept of, like, a school on Krakoa reminds me of when the school was in limbo. Kind of me too. I was thinking the same thing the other day, actually. Like, that would be really cool. But also, oh, I was listening to, um, NPR has a podcast called Code Switch, which is about, Mm -hmm. um, sort of race and language and identity and language. And, um, they had this whole episode about the way that, um, a small group of academics brought back Hawaiian as a language and developed mm-hmm. a Hawaiian school system. And so now I'm wondering about like a like first generation Krakoan speakers. That's so interesting. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And also oh. also the on the flip side of that, the other part is like do mutants like sneak away to Krakoa to like go to school? That is also very a very interesting concept. Oh my god, imagine, like, there is something, there's something there if you are sneaking out of your parents' home to go to school. Yeah, that's a thing. That, yeah, maybe you need to, like, also I'm just remembering that the, that the, 
like the Xavier like mansion, like the school is now like a habitat. Yeah. That's mm. It's a wilderness school. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of things going on here, but the the issue of New Mutants that is coming out in December does have a Krakoan outreach program. So it is like it is solicited for like armor and glob to be like going and asking mutants to like come to Krakoa. That This has been really good. That's fucking wild. Uh Ed Brissing is to write his favorite boy Glob Herman, so yeah. Yeah. Which apparently is very whether or not you like Glob Herman is apparently very divisive on Twitter. Is, so is that really divisive? Huh. It is Who would have thought because, that Glob Herman would be the, the divisive character. Much like Quentin Quire. Yeah. Who, I mean Quentin is much more divisive, I think, than Glob Herman. Yes, but they both they I feel like they are both like I don't know what the right word to say that. They're both kind of like grouped together because they were both bullies in Morrison's run. Yeah, yeah. Like they were. Like Glob really yeah. was like just a follower. But here's my here's my problem. Morrison intended not to go into the discourse again, but Morrison intended those characters to be specific stereotypes because he killed them in his book. Like he intended them to never again show up. Which Grant I don't know if you know how comics work, buddy. That ain't it. Grant, Grant, your hubris. <laughs> Grant, your hubris has caused oh, us all. Oh shit, he's got AirPods in. <laughs> Grant, Grant, that's not how things work. So, like, if he meant, like, them to be these, like, analogs for, like, bullied, like, bullied Archetypes and bullies in the early, early 2000s. Yeah, which... It doesn't have great connotations, considering. But, like, if he'd intended them to be that way and to never show up again, I would tell you, okay. But those characters, both of them, have had writers extensively rehabilitate them. Yes. So I don't really understand why people want to continue to go back to a comic that came out in the year 2000 to just bring up the fact that they would rather be seeing other characters... Some of which people have good points, but because those characters aren't your favorite kids, you're just gonna go back and bring up all like bring up all the nasty mud and silt because you'd rather see other other characters you like better. Sorry, I'm getting off my soapbox. I got really impassioned. <laughs> it's okay. It wouldn't be an episode of the Young Ones if we didn't get on our soap about uh, Twitter users. Correct. Uh, and I, I get the fact that, like, you would rather be, like, there there is something to say that, like, instead of getting to the, like, back to the well of using, like, these, like, f- for all intents and purposes, like, two dudes in comics when you could be using, like, like, ladies or, like, people of color in those same, like, positions, that there is something absolutely to say for that, but... If your whole entire gripe is that you'd just rather be seeing the Academy X kids because that's your favorite book, and okay, I'm gonna stop because I'm just gonna go into a mean. Team. Yeah, no, it's no. gonna get mean. And I have one question that. left for you, Charlie. Okay, it is from um, a Discord user from Tabitha, and it says, "How about Emma? Huh? <laughs> How about it? How about it? If you don't think the first of all, 
just the fashion alone. Second off, if you don't think that conversation about telepathically influencing people is going to come back around in a big way, don't know what comic you were reading. Here are my two things about Emma in in uh, Foxbox. One, the fact that she was referred to as the White Queen fucking pisses me off because canonically she is the Black King. Thank you very fucking much. Two, pantsuits. Pantsuits indeed. Pantsuits. Indeed, indeed. Pantsuits with no, like, no, no top, just blazer. Yeah, no conceivable camisole underneath. That's that's it. That's the you know. There's right a there. part of me that gets mad because of like, on behalf of Carrie Fisher, who was not allowed to wear a bra while filming Star Wars because apparently, in space, the bra would strangle her. Because George Lucas sucks. You can just say that. Yeah, yeah that's like something you can say. But like. Also, I'm gay, and I have simple needs. It's a very striking, it's a very striking one, and it's absolutely something you can pull up and, and see, like, a model wear, wearing yeah. clothes like that. Emma so, Frost is uh, editorial, always. Very much so. Um, it's, yeah, it's it's a lot. Also, I think I'd care more about the Black Queen stuff, well, Black King stuff being erased if Leah Williams wasn't directly involved in Hox, in Hoxpox Dawn of X stuff. I just care about it because it means that Scott is the Black Queen. Yes, I okay, okay. Now you're now you're playing your. I'm seeing all your cards now. You're no longer hiding your cards from me. I'm seeing them all. What have I ever hidden the fact that like <laughs> there is a specific <laughs> dynamic I like and it's men get pegged. That's true. That's true. Sorry, sorry, kids listening at home. Don't look that up. This podcast is for grownups. Yeah, it is. It's about teens, it is about grownups who like teen superheroes. Yeah, so um, there's one for you, but you're you're not wrong. You're absolutely not wrong. I just it was a momentary lapse in judgment. My apologies. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's super true. Although we haven't seen them interact, I'll be interesting. I'll be interested to see them interact again. And for anybody concerned about like the characters not sounding like the characters or something weird going on with them or whatever. I really do think once we get hit Dawn of X, like the diversified group of individuals writing the books will, that will we'll start to iron out those kinks. That, yeah. yeah th- like that. I don't think that will at any point be a problem going forward. That and also like, right now they're all pod people kind of literally. Yeah, so kind you know. of, kind of literally. I do really enjoy how we, how we started in Meteor Res and how, and, and House of X number one. I love that trick. It is, it is very good. It's good it was, storytelling. It was very much slotted in the right position. Although after everybody, spoiler alert, after everybody died in the fourth issue, I absolutely knew that we had started in media res. I was like, there's no way that the first issue of House of X didn't take place directly after this. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. good job for telling stories in engaging ways. Jonathan Hickman. Yeah. That's all I, that's all I got to say about that. Good job, Jonathan Hickman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never thought I'd, I wouldn't, I've been saying that six months ago, so. Yeah, it's, it's, I think that there are recordings of this podcast where we're like, mm-hmm. mm, not too sure about this but one. You know I what? Have... I am, I'm eating my shorts. <laughs> <laughs> to quote Bart Simpson. 
Oh, yes. I was thinking of the the Breakfast Club, but you know, to quote oh, Bart Simpson. Simpsons, the Breakfast Club. You know, it's all the same, it's all the same thing, right? There's a specific phrase. Is it eating my words? I don't know. I'm going to stick That's with shorts. That's it. No, eating your words is right. Eating your shorts just sounds like... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Well, I think... Well, before I say I think we're done, Reed, you got anything else you want to say about this whole situation? Nah, I think we made a podcast. We did make a podcast. So that is... I think that's that for this round of uh hawks takes as uh reed so eloquently coined it um but we will be back shortly with our continuing read of wolverine and the x-men which, which is after pretty re- interesting now which after re- which after reading house of x and powers of 10 seems like i'm reading a book on a different alternate universe <laughs> yeah there yeah. there are some questions that i have yeah um it's it's a lot it's just it's a different book style of book it's a different time it's a different time that's it was the best of times and maybe also the worst of times <laughs> oh yeah with the, with the arc that we're gonna be covering next definitely the worst of times, of times yeah <sighs> well if anyone is interested, you can find us at Young Ones Cast on Twitter. Hopefully you liked the episode. If you didn't, I'm sorry. But I'm don't not. let us know. If you didn't, yeah, like, just don't, don't let us know. Just don't. I'm not interested in that. Um, if you did like the episode, however, you can walk, run, bike, uh, swim Overcraft, over to... Um, yeah. <laughs> take a Krakoa seed. Yeah, Krakoa portal over to iTunes and leave a, re- a rating or review. Five stars only. Uh... <laughs> and that would be very kind of you it it apparently puts data into the algorithm and people can find the podcast easier i don't know how that works i'm not a computer um you know good to good to good to let us know not we are not uh not a computer i am not not into not in the group think um nope not me i have not ascended no nor do i wish to um I'm frankly, I will let everybody know this now, if somehow we do need to go to space and they're like, okay, the planet's dying. We got to go to space. I'll be like, oh, it's okay. I'll stay here. (laughs) I'll just wait it out. I'm just going to stay. I'm good. I don't want to live in space. So I'll be right here as whatever happens, happens. (sighs) Yep. Anyway. Cool. I am Charlie. You can find me at Genetic Ghost on Twitter, where I talk mostly now about how I'm afraid the Shatterstar is not going to be allowed on Krakoa, even though I know that's not the truth. Also, currently talking about wrestling. Um, it's an interesting combination of things. I am now doing a uh, podcast spot on a actual play RPG podcast called Exiled. Um, you can catch that at Exiled on Twitter. Um, I think that's pr- it's a pretty fun time. Um, I always love playing a game of masks. Reed, Reed knows that. Um, uh, other than that, um, I will be writing an article every time Excalibur comes out called Excalibuddies. Um, so that's watch out for that. That's happening. Um, and also, I do noodle around and writing other things on the internet. How about you, Reed? Um, I do a lot less on the internet these days, but uh, you can find me on 
Twitter at ARMustDie, uh, where I mostly talk about being a graduate student uh, and maybe sometimes the masks game that I play with Charlie, Mikey, and some friends of the podcast, like Dan. Uh, but yeah, no, um, I don't think I have anything else going on. There might be some audio drama coming your way within a, the next few weeks from Mikey, Dan, and I, but we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this been, I would. This has been a podcast by Reed and Charlie. Yes. The end. The, the end. Really need to come up with a outro that is. Oh, it's fucking uh, don't glitter your cat. We forgot is, how our show works. It is. It is don't glitter your cat. Um, I really got. I. I'll think about something more wrestling promo ish at some point. Um, I'll teach you about wrestling, Reed. It's actually like comic books, like exactly like comic books. Um, but anyway, <laughs> this has been the young ones, and really just don't glitter your cat. Yeah, don't don't do it. Smart people <laughs> don't glitter their cats. <laughs> <laughs>